How's it going, everybody? This is Dan Fagella here with Tech Emergence, where we interview entrepreneurs, researchers, and investors in the domain of emerging tech. Uh, right now, I'm lucky enough to be on the line with Mr. Uh, Josh uh, Maher, who happens to be a prolific blogger in addition to being an angel investor and piece of the uh, uh, entrepreneurial ecosystem out in the Seattle area. He was also with Microsoft for quite some time. Joshua, how are you today? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Glad to have you on. Um, I, I really wanted to dive into sort of the ecosystem and event side of things. I know you're an investor. You're obviously with big corporation Microsoft, and you're also organizing and orchestrating a lot of different event stuff. Your main blog links to a ton of the things that you do, and we'll probably talk about that too. Um, if a, a startup, whether in Seattle or anywhere, is looking for the kind of event that might, might be most conducive to them, I think you know, 10, 20 years ago, uh, the circumstance was probably where are there any events? Now, maybe in some places it's, geez, there's a whole lot of them. You know, how should I parse them out? As someone who's, who's as embedded as you are in that sort of a space, what sort of functional advice would you give startups in terms of where to start event-wise? You know, events are interesting. There, there's a lot of events that uh, people in startups get attracted to, and a lot of those end up being, you know, meetups that are you know, maybe tech-specific or they're industry-specific. And you know they, they draw entrepreneurs in or they draw you know founders into these events and they're interesting they're good for the founders they're not necessarily good for meeting new angels a lot of angel investors or uh, you know they just they don't look for or seek meet out us. those kind of events yeah so it's, it's kind of this it's odd balance where you know if you're trying to meet yeah you know the next hire past the CTO or you know a key designer those events are great. Not a good event to find someone who might be interested in, in investing with you. You might find a connection who has a connection, so there's you know, some value there. Uh, but you want to start looking at events where, you know, they're kind of a, a bigger event. It, um, you know, here in Seattle we have uh, GeekWire. Uh, they're a, you know, a news organization. They do events at Puget Sound Business Journal. There's you know business journals in most cities around. Um, those events they don't attract as many you know high quality geeks or, or, you know, engineer type people that you would necessarily want to co-found your startup with. There might be some, uh, but they do uh, tend to collect this other uh, broad sweep of the uh, ecosystem in most any city. So you go to an event that, uh, you know, might be put on by, you know, an entity like that, uh, you know, a, a, a news publication, uh, you know, a startup weekend type of an event, um, you know, any of these, you know, some of these, these bigger events, you know, there's uh, tech meetups and um, startup grinds are somewhat popular yep. in a lot of locations around the country. Uh, there will be some uh, investor types who show up to those events. The, the next kind of step beyond that are more investor-focused events. Here in Seattle, uh, you know, I work on an event called the Seattle Angel Conference. It's all investor-focused. If you were to show up at that, you would you would end up meeting, you know, probably 50 to 100 angel investors who are looking for someone to invest in. It's not the only event like that. There's you know events like that in 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 Portland. Uh, you know, there's other kinds of, of early uh, events for angel investors where they're showcasing early companies. And you know, you might look at it as a new startup and say, well, I'm not going to get anything from that. Presenter, but you're not necessarily going there for the presenter. You need to think about who's the who's going to be in the audience, and are you trying to connect with those people in the audience? Uh, so it's a little bit different than the reason you might go to a tech event. You might go to a tech event for, or you know, an industry-specific event for 
you know, a topic, whereas looking for an investor, you're trying to find something, a topic that attracts the investor so you can then go and meet them. Big time. And, and I think it's important to make that distinction. You know, are, are you going to take in the content primarily or are you going primarily for the audience? I think a lot of the time you could probably go for both. Um, but setting, yeah. setting those priorities before, uh, before you're walking into a place or as you're looking at a list of events is probably an important way to parse things out. Um, I know there's a lot of events uh, up in, up in uh, New York and in Boston with regards to uh, kind of pitch-oriented events. So, um, you know, I was at Ultralight Startups in NYC last night, um, and, you know, eight different companies kind of went up and did their thing. There were some investor guys uh, there. What's the, the general, I imagine it might differ a little bit city to city, um, was the, the event that you're talking about that you helped sort of put together, is that uh, a structured sort of pitch event like one that maybe we'd be familiar with around here, or is the average pitch event sort of a different category even than what you're talking about? Uh, yeah, the average pitch event is different. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know New York has a tech meetup. You know, New York tech meetup. You know, we have a similar deal, Seattle tech meetup. Uh, I think your guys is, is you know, in New York. It's huge, right? It's, it's thousands of people, and we attract I don't know 300, 400 people. So those are kind of a standard pitch event. You show up. There's some you know booze, some networking, some food, and you know four or five companies get up and, yeah, and they yeah, yeah. pitch and and they're pitching to talk about their company. The people who are showing up, there might be a couple of, uh, you know, investors, might be a couple of angels. But if you're trying to connect with, you know, four angels and there's only two in the room out of, you know, a few thousand people, it's tough, you know. Um, So what would make that distinction then between kind of what we call it maybe a a classic pitch event? Um, Again, I just know there's oodles of them. Uh, versus maybe uh, the type of event that you're talking about there that's more uh, investor-focused. How could, if I'm searching Google, I'm on these websites uh, combing through um, through events, how might I be able to make that distinction uh, with regards to where to they'll, move? They'll usually say something okay. about you know early stage, angel investing. Uh, they'll usually have something in, in the, the wording around that. So, so that you, know, you can really look for those you know, key things. Um, Looking at, you know, if you can't find one in your area, right, they're not necessarily going to be in all areas. Uh, Open Angel Forum is a common one. Uh, you know, I know that, that they have it um, down in, in Boulder. I know there's one uh, in Oregon. Uh, you know, there's some Open Angel events in California. So I, I know there's, you know, some of these kind of angel events that are organized, but that doesn't mean they're going to be in every city. If you're kind of stuck and you, you can't find anything that's, investor oriented or you know there's nothing in any description or titles or anything like yeah. that showing up the the key thing to do when you show up to a pitch event would be to try to connect with the uh, person who is putting on the event they're probably super busy it's probably going to be tough to connect with them maybe you, you prep them early with an email yep. or you know get a get them on twitter you know a day or two before the event to try to organize to meet with them uh, and all you want to do with them is say, hey, I really want to meet someone who can help me with this type of an investment or who can introduce me to an investor. They usually are connected enough with the people who are coming to their event that they can introduce you to either the person you want to meet or that person one you know, one step away from who you want to meet. Huh, okay, so being overt even about that with the, uh, with the person themselves, not, not being shy basically. 
like, hey, you know, yes. I just want to shake your hand. I mean, this is really why I'm here. I didn't know if you knew anybody that maybe, you know, might be interested in this sort of a field, but I wanted to make sure I could ask you something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely key. Another, another area uh, is um, events or, uh, you know, through your, your lawyer, right? So if you're starting up your company and, you know, your, your early stage, you, you have some representation, you can ask them for advice on what events you might go to or who you might talk to to start getting introduced to investors. Uh, you know, the, it's a common, you know, piece of information that uh, folks who are helping companies start up, uh, you know, they have that piece of information of who are the active angels in that space or active investors in that space. Not that they'll give you the perfect introduction or that they know everyone, but they can at least usually help start down the path of, hey, there's an event over here or there's an investor over here who might point you in the right direction. Cool. Um, so lawyers may be a, a good start there. Um, what might be some other folks that are in the startup kind of servicing world? You know, I don't know if accountants are really going to fit the bill here, if there's as many that are sort of tailored to that particular niche. What, what might be some other... Um, people that are embedded enough and serving that startup world enough that they may know the, the angel guys, the event guys, and things like that? Yeah, the, yeah, the other service providers, it varies. You know, um, lawyers seem to be the, you know, the, the key uh, group of people, service provider, who you know, they, they have a vested interest in knowing people who can fund companies. Uh, just because they want to work with them on the companies that they fund, and they want to, you know, work with the startups when they get the funding. Yep. Uh, you know, accounts are probably the the second best, uh, but you know, there's a lot of other kinds of consultants out there who may or may not be really well connected. And it, you start to once you start to get really away from lawyers, and then you know, kind of in the accounting side, you know, it really starts to depend on who that person is, what they want to do with their lives, and who they want to be connected to. So it, it gets tough. But you, but it's. I suppose you know if, if you're talking to your, um, you know, some social media consultant fellow, or your potentially your accountant, if they work with a couple other startups, maybe they're that kind of person. They're more likely than a guy you know at the supermarket um, who also happens to be pretty well embedded and maybe knows some people you might know. So ask the consultant folks. Ask uh, maybe I know for example there's some. Um, web development people that really focus on working with early stage companies. Maybe they'd be a kind of hub and spoke kind of a thing too. Absolutely, absolutely. And the, the key thing, right, is, is to ask those people uh, or someone who can give them feedback on if they're ready to uh, ask for an angel investment or not. So, you know, I would ask you, hey, I have this great idea. I've been working on it for a while. You know, you like it. Do you know anyone who could give me feedback on whether I'm ready to ask for angel funding or not? Huh. And you know, I take those meetings actually more often than I'll take a meeting of someone who's actually asking me for funding. You know, because a lot of time, if if they are are so ambitious that they are reaching out to anyone and everyone asking them for money, uh, you know, that they're probably not going to be someone I'm going to invest in. To be honest, uh, you know, a lot of com a lot of companies who they're trying to make sure that they're ready for an angel investment uh, and they're willing to take uh, critical feedback of, you know, maybe they're not ready, they need to, you know, get this, you know, certain types of traction before they would be ready. Uh, you know, they need to be in a particular place with, with customers or, 
uh, you know, whatever happens to be, if I can give them that feedback and they're receptive to it, you know, it, it benefits, you know, me and, and whoever else is going to invest in them down the road. That's great. And, and that, uh, that sort of leads us towards the, the borderline inevitable next step with regards to, you know, how, how do those angel conversations get initiated? You know, somebody, your lawyer says, oh yeah, well, I know these guys at this, this angel group who, uh, who are, you know, they're into that stuff. And let's say he doesn't like warm email you or something like, hey, Jim, uh, here's a startup I thought you might, you know what I mean? That's probably not going to happen most of the time. They're going to be like, oh, you know, there's these two guys at, um, you know, this group that I go to who are sort of involved in that, you know, they might be people to talk to. Um, preferably, I suppose you try to find those guys at an event. Uh, maybe preferably you ping them an email first. In terms of speaking with angels, um, you know, let's say maybe you feel as though you're at a phase where angel investment's a smart move. Um, how do those conversations get started in, in a, a good way? Obviously, you've been there many times yourself. Uh, so I, I guess there, there's kind of two two routes that people will go down. There will be the, kind of that angel group route where they're, they're trying to get into an angel group to pitch in front of the angel group. Okay, yeah. And then there's the individual, individual angel route. So thinking about just the individual angel route, uh, you know, I have a hard time, and I know a lot of other angels do with just the cold email, uh, you know, intro, hey, I've got this great company, I want to you know, yeah, yeah, issue yeah. on it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of those I turn down. Um, a lot of them I'll, I'll try to point back to an angel group. You know, uh, if I don't you know get some kind of a warm introduction or you know get an introduction through someone that I trust, uh, you know, it's hard to take every one of those. And it, it's it's really a, a time thing. You know, when it comes down to it, you know, I get a lot of those. You know, I, I, I'm at least seeing you know a couple a day of someone, and I don't know who this is, here, go to this angel group, or or, or why don't you come in and try to come into my, the angel group yeah, that yeah. I run, and so I'll give them that feedback over email, because that's not a lot of my time. Yep. Uh, the ones that come from someone you know who does say, hey, I've talked to these people, I think it's something you would be interested in, can you talk to them, you know, maybe I have expertise in the space, or I happen to like it. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take that meeting and, you know, I know that many of those meetings are longer than, you know, a lot of other meetings, right? They usually end up going an hour, sometimes they go a little bit over. The entrepreneurs who can, who are really respectful of time, you know, they, they do kind of earn points, right? If they can deliver their message and tell me the value, tell me where they're at, tell me, you know, what they're looking for as the next step, you know, in an efficient manner. You know, I think that that's a lot of value, and it shows you know me that they are a person who can do that with other investors, with customers. You know, it really starts to demonstrate some of those skills. And same with the warm introduction, right? If they can get an introduction from someone that I know, I know that they can go to a customer. I do a lot in B two B type companies. You know, that's an space that I'm interested in. Uh, so they can do that with a company, right? So I'll know they'll be able to sell their product to another company via a warm introduction. So there's, I hold a lot of value in that ability. Huh, that, that's, that's cool. I, I like that. I always like to get some, some good quotable snippets in any given interview, and I think time equals points is, is a, nice, a nice little one uh, on this here. Obviously, you do yeah. earn points if you're, if you're uh, not squandering the time of, of other people, and you take the time to be concise with, with messaging, with meetings, and, and whatever else. Um, so uh, 
elaborating on that a little bit, when someone approaches you, it's it's not just, you know, of course there's there is sort of an instinctive thing, which is, you know, email comes in, don't know person, you know, you just have to kind of shuffle it along. Maybe they are a good company for, for all you and I know, and they're just going, you know, blitz, but you can't really tell. Um, at the same time, it's also, as you were saying, kind of indicative maybe of some kind of quality of the startup. You know, are they overly ambitious and, um, and uh, inconsiderate people in general? You know, are they, are they um, socially tactful enough to know how to connect with someone that you know and then in turn connect to you? And maybe that's indicative of a quality that you'd like to see more in them anyway. What are some of those underlying factors? Because clearly there's there's some of it that might not even be rational. I, I know for me it's, you know, new email comes in, you know, I, I'm, I don't like email, so uh, just try to get email out. But um, but then there's also very rational things, like you had said, and from an angel perspective, I think that's rather interesting. You know, I like when someone does X because it's indicative of Y. What are some of those other things that startups can kind of convey early that, might bolster or sink your confidence in, in their overall likelihood of success? You know, the other, I guess another one is, is, uh, is how they treat traction. You know, a, a lot of founders or startups, you know, who, someone in that organization, uh, you know, they're, they're happy to try to do a lot of sales uh, with customers or they're happy to keep building their product without a lot of sales. And you know they do have a hard time with connecting the two, with what they're building versus what people want, and it surprises me all the time because there's so much you know content on the internet from people who have built countless startups, people who invested in countless startups, who you know kind of pound this over and over and over again, getting the product to customer, uh, you know tied correctly in in uh, in a way that has reasonable economics uh, you know there's value in that and a lot of people for whatever reason you know they, they they still miss that and so just them understanding you know the difference between there maybe they're really early and I like you know early and maybe they, maybe they have zero customers but at least if they understand how they're developing their product in relation to what their customers uh, might need and who, which customers they're talking to to help develop that, that need and validate those concepts. It adds so much credibility to uh, you know, that company's ability to scale well and to be able to scale quickly. Uh, you know, as, as a startup, you know, there may be things that change as things you know, move on, but uh, a founding team who isn't in a position to take advantage of those things that need to change, you know, it really starts to kind of get the, uh, the startup to dwindle. Uh, and maybe they recover from it, maybe they don't. But as an investor, that's where you get the, did I make a good investment or not? Can they, can they really execute on this as the market changes or as their product changes or not? So that ability to demonstrate I, uh, their, the ability to dynamically and measurably approach the market is pretty key. Yeah, and, and clearly, I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, for some startups, maybe it is just sort of a fun whiz-bang experience to, you know, get involved in startups and do stuff and, and things like that, and, and they, they don't have in mind a solid conception of, of traction and a reasonable way of calibrating that and making sure that that is a fit and, and understanding 
um, you know, the economics, as, as you had said. And I imagine you have to kind of parse out the fanboyness of startupdom a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a lot of that. And it, it's interesting. It's, it's different for different types of industries. You know, I, I found as I you know, started to look at, at more companies you know, outside of just tech, uh, you know, there there are just as many you know startup fanboys out there in you know biotech and in clothing Curious. and you know, all kinds of things. Huh. Uh, but they you know have their own unique uh, way of, of of approaching that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, there. So, so lastly, uh, to leave fanboydom a little bit, but I think it's important, I suppose, for uh, entrepreneurs to make sure they're not in that category and make sure they convey the opposite thereof. Um, if, if people are going to meet in, in person, you, you had mentioned events, we're talking, we started here with events, um, we, uh, talked about connecting via email or through other people. If you're at an event, there's a group of angels, um, you're, you know, you, you have a, you have a company, maybe, maybe you do know a little bit about some of these guys and some of the other stuff that they've invested in. Um, and there's nobody to introduce you. You don't want to be, you know, the bold brash guy who, uh, just steps up and is like, hey, you know, I know you're an angel investor and I'm a startup, so I think we should, you know what I mean? You don't want to pull that one off. Um, where is a good place to start the in-person event thing? Is it really start with homework and find some way to, to leverage, you know, some semblance of a question about something they're already up to? Um, I mean, how does a tactful startup go about that? So a little bit of homework isn't too tough, right? Knowing a little bit about maybe what they've invested in the past, uh, you know, maybe if, if they've founded companies in the past, you know, recent past, what they've done there, you know, written stuff uh, for, you know, their own blog or whatever, you know, some kind of an, a related icebreaker that you can, you know, tie back to yourself. It, it's, if you're at an event that is investor-focused and there are investors in the room, you know, they're certainly going to the event with open eyes, knowing that there are going to be startups who are going to pitch them at the event. The thing that's the most difficult is that that time piece. So if uh, you know a, a new company came up to me and, and completely pulled and said, "Hey, I, I've got this great company, and you know, can I tell you about my I, what we're doing?" Uh, if you did that and it took you know five minutes, I'd be happy. And if you said, "Hey, great, thanks for your time." Uh, can I reach out to you later, or do you, can I give you a card and you can reach out to me if you're interested? Perfect. But if you go on and on for you know 15, 20 minutes with you know that kind of cold approach, it's really tough, right? Because you know, then I feel that, and, and I know a lot of other angels feel this way, a lot of other investors feel this way that you know you're really capitalizing on the time, you know, with no introduction, and you know I kind of feel like I'm losing time in that regard. If it's more of a you know a conversation around you know what I've done and what I've invested in, uh, then the impression is that you're open to feedback about those things, that you're in a related space and you're seeking both expertise as well as the potential for investment. And so then uh, you know people in general are more willing to give their time if they think that what they're going to say and what they're going to hear back from the person they're conversing with, you know, is is it has some mutual you know benefit to the conversation, right? That maybe the investor will come out a little bit smarter out of the conversation because they're talking to someone who really is an expert in that space, and it's a space they're interested in. Uh, so it, it's that balance of 
if you are approaching cold, you, you need to be really good and brief. If you're not approaching cold, uh, you know, it's okay to be a little bit more conversational and uh, try to make a good connection. And that, that connection piece, who the, who you're connecting with, I think is, is key. Um, having a, a strong relationship with your early investors is important because those early investors are going to help champion you with customers, with future investors, business partners, you name it. And they're going to give you a lot of guidance and feedback, whether you take it or not. But having a good open relationship there is really key early on. So approaching it with that in mind, you know, that you're not just going to take some money and walk away. You know, they're on a bank, right? It's, it really is a good relationship that you need to build. Cool. Okay, that's important stuff to bear in mind as well. I know we're coming right up on time. I know I had found you just through your initial blog and uh, your, your Twitter handle there. People want to learn more about what you're up to, maybe even more just about the scene in Seattle. I know there's plenty of links that you link out to there. Um, where should they get in touch? Yeah, so uh, joshmar.net, J-O-S-H-M-A-H-E-R.net. Uh, Twitter handle is at joshmar. And uh, Seattle Angel Conference will be here in Seattle uh, May 22nd. So be there. Cool, very good. Josh, thanks so much for the time today, brother. Thank you. Cool. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, and be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than to be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week.